Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 192 of Lave Radio, the show that likes to talk about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I am your host, Chief, Ar- Chief Archivist of Lave Station, uh, Colin Phoenix Defire Ford, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, we have our Chief Bar Steward, Grant Psychoka Wilcott. Too many buttons. We have our Chief of of health and safety, that's Commander Edelweiss, Ben Mosswoodwiss. But do you like pushing all the buttons? We also have our Inhuman Resources Director, Commander Shan. Hello. We have our Knight Extruder Operator, Commander Kurgle. Hey, everyone. And hiding at the back is the Director of Pest Control, Dr. Toxic. I'm in the driving seat. <laughs> Also joining us for in this rather packed Sidewinder tonight, this is our Will Flanagan, the latest arrival at the community team at Frontier. I'm trapped in the brig. Please let me out. <laughs> no. 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 <laughs> you will put the lotion on or you'll get the hose again. <laughs> you need to pay me one billion credits or else you become an NPC crew member of mine. If you wish, you can join us live. We are hanging out in-game, in open, outside Lave Station. Um, just give us a wave. Both, uh, I think, Dr. Toxic, myself, and Ben are floating around the station somewhere. So you yes, can I've access us around. Access through laveradio.com slash live to click on the live chat. And, of course, we're live on Twitch TV slash laveradio. So we'll just quickly go around the crew but we'll, we'll first of all introduce our, our two develop well our developer and our community manager uh, i will tell you what i do at frontier developments i am the newest member of our community management team i'm a content community manager and i work across elite dangerous planet coaster and jurassic world evolution you may have seen me on the live streams part of that is joining ed and Bo on those live streams and also working with the developers to bring you Uh, entertaining and exciting live stream content, but also to make sure that I am a point of contact for anyone in the uh, three communities we have who needs me. Working on lots of exciting stuff. Wish I could talk about it in great detail, but I'm still tweaking things and we've had a very busy set of weeks. But yeah, lots lots to come. And as a a newbie, uh, still kind of finding my feet and learning my way around Frontier Developments and its communities. Commander Shan, what have you been up to quickly this week? Taking part in the community goal, getting my uh, anti-hunting skills back up to scratch, testing out the new kill warrant scanner. Um, And I'm currently on holiday for two weeks, so I have two weeks of doing whatever I like rather than actually working. So in spite of Mr. Shan giving me a list of things to do, uh, that list has promptly been forgotten and lost somewhere. And so I'm um, playing. Ah, so sort of uh, deniability is that's what that's the watchword is it? The dog ate the list. Yeah. <laughs> Commander Kurgle, what have you been up to this week? Uh, a bit of study for my uh, degree, and I've been doing a bit of reputation missions around Lave. Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, uh, what have I been up to? I've been. Oh, I've been. In in game, I've been helping the code out because code are basically trying to get Orare back for themselves because uh, the Federation went off and took it over. And frankly, you know, I'd rather be dead than fed. <laughs> so 
always good to help. Always good to help out other factions doing things like that, even if they are darn dirty pirates. Uh, but the co code are the nice kind of pirates, so we like them. I've been playing a wee bit of Rim World, which is oh sugar, I'm about to crash into the, the station. Breaks again. again. Well, I alt tabs to look and see what I was doing. Um, I know there is. I'm pulling out now. Uh, so I've been playing a bit of RimWorld, which is always a lot of good fun. You know, still I'm still managing to avoid cannibalism, which seemed to be the first thing Grant went into. Um, and then mainly, actually, thanks to thanks in part at least to one of my colleagues or whatever, one of the colleagues over at Sagittarius Eye. I've been playing some Minecraft as well, getting jump scared at that. But I've also been playing that because this weekend coming, I'm going off to Insomnia. And Insomnia is all about the Minecraft and YouTube streamers and things like that. So it's good to see what new things are in Minecraft. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that I noticed was we now have headless zombies. So, hey. Really? Mm. Well, Dr. Toxic, you, you have to deal with headless zombies quite a lot. So what have you been up to this week? Getting plenty of headless zombies. In-game, I've been helping Ben out doing bits and pieces for the code. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it, really. I did spend a, a little bit of time before the update getting the last of my ranks done so that it didn't say 100% anymore. That's about it, really. Not a lot. Right. Fair enough. Controlling pests. Uh, so we've kind of left the best to last. <laughs> Grand, how have you been? Yeah, not bad. Been a, a surprisingly, you know, busy weekend, actually. Um, Susie took the notion to go to... Uh, the, the tattoo festival up in Edinburgh, which you know, if if you know Susie's history, she doesn't get out a lot at all due to the back pain and stuff. But we did it, and we went all the way out there, and it was awesome. Um, and then we came back, and it's been you know playing with different things. You may notice tonight um, that on the stream we have a couple of sc different screens available to us now. You've got the three feeds, obviously PlayStation, PC and PS4. Nope, that's the same thing, PlayStation and Xbox One. Um, the PlayStation and Xbox are still at Live Station and my PC account is way out in the, the black, uh, a lovely nebula. And I also have the ability to jump into various other people's feeds as well. So we have Toxic's feed here. Uh, we have got Commander Kurgle's feed, but for some reason Ben's feed has gone dark on us, so we'll try and see what's going on there. He's probably pressed the button, you know what he's like. Uh, as for the updates you wait for, the bathroom update, we have had a <laughs> second coat of rubber down, which is awesome. Uh, the whole room looks blue, and we've put the fittings up against the wall to sort of see them in position, and they look amazing. Um, so it's going to be fantastic when it's done. And Simuf has decided that a third coat would just make him a little bit happier with things. So I think we've got a wee bit more bits and pieces to do there. Uh, but as I say, we're really at this stage, we're ready for a Tyler. And that's the last part of it all. Tyler and decorators all going to be good. So soon there will be some pictures on the stream. That's excellent news. Well, uh, personally, um, I've been down in the Pleiades helping out the, the IDA, as per usual, shifting tons and tons of cargo. There's an update for that later in the show, which we'll, we'll probably discuss. And apart from that, out of game, it's mostly been fixing up the EDWTRB website, 
we can I've, I've now got new functionality and and security fixes in there so uh, hopefully if you want to register things will move a lot smoother so adam would you like to introduce yourself properly and uh, explain what you do at frontier yeah sure adam berkway as i heard earlier i'm senior designer on uh, on elite obviously i've been working on the mission system for a while now i'm terrible with like dates and that sort of thing you should ask my wife i think it's three to four years pretty much you know since the game came out also i've got uh, a heavy hand in the background sim stuff that i work with dev uh, on that stuff as well ah you can help us out with the code then <laughs> excellent so what we'll do is we'll quickly go through the latest development news and the newsletter and then we have a lot of questions for you adam i, I hope you're well up for a grilling i think the, the best way to describe it would be i wouldn't, I wouldn't call it a grilling interrogation <laughs> maybe I'll do the best I can to answer your questions as, as well as I can, basically. Yeah, well, if, it's, if it makes you feel any better, we've got Will actually locked up in the brig here. And like I said, if he doesn't want the hose, he'll put the lotion on again. So, please, please um, let me out. <laughs> so, everybody, first thing on the list is obviously update 3.0.4 that came out this week. I'm quite happy about this because it basically worked first time for me on a Monday night, which is practically unheard of. Thank you, Virgin Media. So has everybody else seen this? Happy with it? I think it's a good update. Uh, there's a number of fixes that were refixed or unfixed, depending on how you say it, particularly around the hot ships and outfitting, I think, was the, the major point for that. And Sandro has put in the Focus Feedback Forum a thread where he wants uh, some feedback on where to go next, really, on hot ships and minor bounties, I believe. Mm. Ben, did you want to say something? But I'm still bloody confused as to yeah, if I'm dirty, am I? How am I dirty? If I'm dirty, why am I dirty? What part of me is dirty? How can I clean it? <laughs> I, I'm still very confused about everything. Well, that, that's so. one of the things that um, Sandro's put up on the on the forum, isn't it? It's basically they want to clarify it and streamline it. I believe. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You do almost need a barrister, don't you, to understand <laughs> <laughs> well, it, what's going on at some point and. Well, my, I will say one thing. I mean, it's supposed to be the law, and the law is supposed to be well. It's never simple. The law is it? That is true. <laughs> so, so, can we find some loopholes and exploits then to get out of jail? Uh, I do believe the the interstellar factions, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Um, now, what's this about the neo fabric insulation? Yes, this is a. This is. A, um, it was a report on the forums where there seems to be a galactic shortage of neofabric insula uh, insulation and other uh, component rewards other than modular terminals at the moment. Um, people seem to have found some neofabrics inside the hull of these megaships you raid. Uh, however, that's all labelled as stolen. So uh, when you try and turn it in for reward, they want nothing to do with it. So... Um, yeah, it's just interesting that they seem to have disappeared from the game. Um, or either that or they're very good at hiding. <laughs> well, thankfully, I haven't gone looking for those yet, so um, no doubt it'll come across me at some point. Now, Will, we have um, a question to ask you about these new community goal decals. I mean, do you want to go into more information about that, more, more detail? 
Um, I think um, it's quite straightforward uh, for now about the uh, the community goal decals and uh, what we're doing with um, this week's uh, community goal. Uh, Steve has also been very active in the thread talking and answering questions about the decals, but uh, happy to kind of answer some questions about them and what's in store. Uh, I'll do a bit of a self-plug. Um, me and Steve will be uh, live streaming and talking about the new decals on Thursday at 7 p.m. BST. Cool. So if I, if I remember it correctly, and we've got, we'll put a breakdown in a minute. If I remember correctly that if you miss out on this set of decals, um, they will reappear in subsequent CGs. So if you, if you can't make, or you don't reach, for example, the gold level of decal, uh, this week, they they will be available for other CGs later yeah, on down the line. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we're going to be... Uh, the, this is not a one-time uh, reward for community goals of this kind, of the conflict zone. They're going to be more more conflict zone-related CGs in the future um, where you can get the same rewards. Because that's good, because I've seen some uh, comments relating to, oh, I can't make it this week, I've... Yeah. I'm going to miss out forever and ever, that sort of general comment, and that's clearly not the case from that, which I think is a good move. Oh, to be yeah, honest, I blame, I blame Frontier for always doing nice things whenever I'm on holiday. In, in, fa in fact, Ben, the reason for that is we... we <laughs> you know I am on holiday. Content. <laughs> yeah, we, we, that's the only time we release content you like is when you're not there. I, I have noticed this, so don't worry about it. I'm, I'm <laughs> beginning to take it personally. Oh... I mean, is there a risk that when people say which way the wind is blowing on this, that they're just going to flock to the winning team? Yeah, there, there is. There is. Um, but you have to remember that. So while it's possible to pledge to, to both sides in the conflict zone, you still have to do a considerable amount of work. So you still have to kind of put the time away to, to get to those tiers of, of rewards. So, yeah, it's possible to kind of switch sides and build up sort of your progress with both, but it means that you may run the risk of not reaching the certain tiers. Well, you're essentially doubling your own work if you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and also, because the decals are repeated, as you say, there's less incentive to gain the system because they'll come up again at another point. Yeah. So they're not oh. completely getting rid of the CG system like some people have suggested? Uh, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not the case. That's good, because I so, quite like the CGs. I use them as money makers. Yeah, if I'm exceptionally skint, I will go out and do a few CGs. So I understand, Will, there's going to be several other sorts of decals. Uh, the, the initial ones are for conflict zones, but I think the post also mentioned uh, decals for trading and things like that as well. That's, that's right. Um, so these decals are not going to be in every uh, community goal we do from now on, but we will see community goals that reward decals and that can be for any kind of community goal you've encountered thus far um so it will depend on the type of community goal uh which rewards the type of decal so um i can't remember the examples we we gave but uh mining um, trading those sorts of things not the sort of things well has anybody got any other questions about the uh the the decals just quickly no, oh, the only thing I was going to mention is I assume the picture of the ship in the post is an example of what the decal will look like. Yeah, that's uh, that's the standard um, the standard version of of the decal for that community goal. Um, 
hopefully we'll be able to show some more off on on Thursday. I need to have a chat with with Steve about it. Uh, but yeah, excellent. Well, quickly moving on to newsletter two one nine. Um, <laughs> there's a couple of things we want to talk uh, to basically touch on from this. Uh, the first one, uh, well, Ben will be pleased about the Imperial Cutter paint pack. I do believe. Is that the one which, uh, when I go off and look at it, I need uh, I need sunglasses and hope I haven't got a hangover for? Um, those are the ones, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I take it you've already got them all. Well, no, I haven't. Fake radio miss. skin, isn't there? The orange one is very lame. It's a fake lame radio skin. I've got a real one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the other thing I wanted to talk on was um, last week, of course, we had Malik VR on the live stream at Frontier. And I must admit, it was it just me, or did Ed slowly go greener and greener during <laughs> the broadcast? That's that's right. He he looked uh, very sick, and I I think that energy was coming over to me because I was concentrating on trying to do what Malik did in the stream, and uh, yeah, sort of keeling over. <laughs> Uh, it just made me think, thank goodness they were, you, you two were not wearing the VR headsets, otherwise you would have had needed buckets right next to you. Yeah, very, very different kind of stream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, doesn't doesn't uh, Ed have a thing called Crossing the Streams? <laughs> yeah, I believe it's his podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> so long as it wasn't a Discovery Scanner, it would make me feel right. Oh, man. Well, well, we'll move on to our main discussion point here. We have uh, a massive amount of questions for Adam. And, uh, right, so what we'll do is, Ben, would you want to, to kick us off, please, with the first section? All of the first section or just the first part, first question of the first section? Well, I think I think we'll go in, in order. So everybody take a question, starting with Ben, and uh, we'll just run through them. Okay, okay. Well, in that case, then, Adam, why don't you know? Give us a nice generalization of how do you, how do you go from an idea for a mission on stream all the way through to us actually playing it in game? What's the mission creation process? So yeah, it will have to be a, a, a brief version of it because obviously I could probably <laughs> the evening going over. Um, so in a kind of brief way, you, you obviously we start with the original concept of what we want that mission to be. So is, is it a delivery mission? Is it an assassination? That sort of thing. Um, and then we need to consider uh, whether there's any new features needed for that. So for example, for the delivery wing missions recently, we needed the cargo depot Um and then there's parts of the actual mission template itself called progression elements, which are kind of like triggers and variables, which kind of, because it's per, uh, because it's procedural, they kind of generate what everything needs to be based on where you are, etc. And then there's server transactions, which is where we talk to, talk to the server. So we need to consider whether we need new versions of all of those. Um, if any of those require other departments, we're going to have to have meetings with those. So... The cargo depot we had to bring in uh, the GUI guys because obviously that's a very that's a very interface heavy feature. Um, so we had several meetings with those. Um, during that time, I'll probably me or whoever's working on it will probably be blocking out kind of the flow of the mission using placeholders, so, so placeholder triggers and all that sort of thing. Um, and as the variables, features, progression elements all come online, we obviously start plugging those in. 
and we test it along the way and obviously test it when everything's online. Um, it's probably about this point, maybe a little earlier, we consider what kind of wrinkles and uh, or branches we can add if we want any at all. And then towards the end, we test the general flow and experience of it and then balancing of the kind of the numbers. So all of the reputation influence and, and the reward stuff. Hopefully that made sense. Complete sense. I mean, so w- just to give people an idea, um, right from when it's on on a piece of paper till uh, until it appears in game, how long are you roughly talking? I mean, obviously, from what you described, it depends on how many different assets you've got to pull in. But is there a, a ballpark figure? Yeah, that's really... I- not wanting to be horribly blocking, of course, that is a horrible piece of string style question. So, <laughs> yes, um, I know. As, as I said, the cargo depot, we we had three, four meetings probably. So, you know, in between each meeting, everyone's going away and working on things on mock ups and that sort of thing. Um, so, I can't quite remember how long that one took. And when you think about delivery, delivery wing, it was already based on kind of the core concept of delivery anyway. Um, mm-hmm. The flow is different because the cargo depot actually means that the entire flow is different because a normal delivery mission, we chuck everything in your hold, you go from A to B, and at B, you kind of give it back. But the cargo depot changes that linear flow into something that's obviously a loop, something we've yeah. got kind of slightly less control over, and then we add in other players. So, um, you know, it, it can take a considerable amount of time to get a single template such as that working. So we... we I don't really want to put an amount of time on it, to be honest. That's, that's fine, because we've had a lot of people requesting the, the good old escort mission mechanic, which I know this is an absolute hated one of Foz's. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so um, to speak to that, an escort mission I see requested a lot. Um, the thing is, it, it comes with a lot of that kind of cross-departmental issues. We're going to need, you're going to need new AI, you're going to need GUI audio, um, and gameplay coding all in there. And that's before you start considering every, any edge cases. So what yes. happens if we want to do an escort mission? Because you could think, okay, we'll just add them in as a wingmate. But what if a wing of four people want to take an escort mission? So do we either say they can't have it or we're starting to say, well, the wing functionality, the wing GUI doesn't doesn't fit. You know, even just the interface, that that, that doesn't work. So we're going to have to add in something else to show it. So... Escort missions, are, you know, I see them being requested a lot, but there's there's a lot to actually think about there. And escort missions as a designer are kind of one of those types of things you see in games where they're infamous for just being annoying. <laughs> if we don't do all those things and get them right, and I mean really spot on, they're going to go from something that could be really interesting and really uh, evocative to something that's just flipped straight to being frustrating. And, and it's... a I'm not saying we'll never do one or anything, but I'm saying it has runs a very high risk of becoming highly frustrating. Um, and often you see the best games that actually feature those sort of things are actually completely built around it. So, you know, things like The Last of Us is a game that features it as kind of a core core element. Yes, well, we won't mention the horror story that is Privateer 2 when it came to that kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Toxic, do you want to take the next question? <laughs> so... <clears throat> How are the mission rewards, um, mission rewards decided? What sort of um, like factors do you consider when you're assigning them? Um, so each mission reward has has a whole set of variables that come together to create the final mission reward. Um, that's now plugged into uh, the new kind of 
uh, reward choice system, obviously. Um, and it is a case-by-case basis. So a delivery mission is going to have part of it that's based on the cargo. We nearly always take into account the kind of distance you're going to have to go for the destination kind of target system. We recently added in the distance from a star. Um, we use rank and reputation as well. Um, I'm sure everyone's noticed that reputation uh, plays a big part in whether you're getting those kind of big payouts or not. So you want to get allied to get the big payouts. But rank has a really major effect as well. And yeah, so a mass commission will be based on the kind of target that's chosen. So whether it's police or whether it's civilians, all that sort of thing. That's pretty cool. Okay, so yeah, on that on that topic, I mean, I've played since since beta, and I, I've noticed that there's been an increase in the rewards permission since launch. So, has that been a conscious decision to increase the rewards, or has it just evolved? And do you think that this increase in rewards is something likely to continue, or do you think we've kind of reached a plateau of, of rewards? So my goal really is to try and keep the missions in line with other activities. You know, whether or not I succeed with that is is a completely different question, um, to be honest. Um, But I think the game has had a natural general level of inflation. And I think it's a natural thing that I think all games of this type really kind of see. Um, So it's not been I haven't sat down and specifically said we should be paying more. We definitely are paying more than when the game first came out, but probably by some considerable margin um and i think you are likely to potentially see that inflation to continue but it's it's hard for me to say because it's not purposeful because i'm not sitting down and saying you know we should bump this up to this much today or the game's been out this long we should increase it sort of thing i can't tell you that they definitely will go up and i certainly wouldn't want to promise that okay so the general game economy is that something that you're that's kind of evolves or is there a, a game economy and this is off off, off script so i'm just interested um because in some games like guild wars 2 they have a specific economist that looks at the in-game economy and ascertains reward levels and stuff like that according to the desire for the economy so i'm just wondering if that's a similar thing don't worry if you can't answer it i'm just curious i can't really speak to that um i don't think there's been a purposeful um definite kind of um move um but i I couldn't say for sure but i think in a game like this i think you are going to see a natural level of of creep and inflation you know this is where it gets interesting because as much as yes us most of us slave crew if not all of us have been playing since way back when thinking about a friend of mine who's just brought elite for his daughter she's brand spanking new to the game so you know how their how her profit is going to compare to someone who's got the experience and maybe for example reset their account or like ben brought a second account yeah i i think i think you can probably there's probably stats out there that that would tell you that you know people are probably making money quicker or or more money but i couldn't say that for sure i haven't got the stats unfortunately to be fair, he might have done some wing mission things before you guys fixed it to give her a few million credits. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, she's only 11 or something like that, so she's not exactly into the game yet. He's sort of preparing an account. He got one for cheap. So, so Kurgle, do you want to take the next question? Yeah, I've actually got a question from one of our listeners, Commander Tethgar. He wants to know, why do combat missions not give a boost to your combat rank? 
like exploration and trade missions do respectively so the reason this was in the original design and um i'm happy to to potentially go away and, and look at this is that when you're doing trade missions for example and that that's the real example i can tell you was clear in my mind when this when this occurred when you're doing a trade mission you take something from a to b but you're not using the actual standard trade mechanics you're not using the commodities market and obviously as part of the background sim we, we tap into the the uh, commodities market to work out when you're using it and you get get that sort of stuff through that so combat missions you are going out and you are you are performing kills and the system should be taking into account those kills so that's why we don't have that kind of boost in the mission. Now, whether or not those two things are are, are lining up correctly, whether everything's working 100% perfectly, I'm not. I'm you know I, I wouldn't want to tell you 100% that they they certainly are because things unfortunately do sometimes go out of so line. So that's the thing. Your sort of design goal is more to encourage people to do more combat with missions than it is to actually give them rank from taking the mission on top of going to kill things. It's it's more that I don't want to have people uh, uh, have double dipping where it doesn't occur in trade. So in trade, if you're doing a trade mission, you, you get that kind of payout once, whilst the combat's already giving it. So I don't want to give it to you again twice. Yeah. Just a quick question about that, actually. I'm just wondering, would you please go and fetch and deliver n tons of stuff? And then there's the please take this from A to B. There aren't There aren't really any missions which are... Where you actually go off and hand in to the to the to the to the commodity market, are there? It's just community goals where we go and do that. Is that right? Yeah, no, no there's not. No. Right. So if the, if I'm, but I'm assuming if there were something where we handed it into the community to the to the community goal to the commodity market, then it would slide in, and you'd get the the trade bonuses for that. But there aren't any. Yeah, if we, if we were using a mechanic that should be giving those those bonuses we shouldn't be giving it to you again in, in the mission. Um, the difference between you giving it to a faction via via the mission board rather than selling it at the commodities market in a kind of narrative law sense isn't really any different. So that's why we don't want you to miss out on kind of those trade points. And I'm assuming the wing things, it's again, you're handing it directly off to the representative from the Hutton truck rather than whoever actually controls the station. Yeah, sure. Well, that... Right. Uh, I was just wondering, actually, can you float the idea of deliberately attempting hard missions in small ships in order to inflate your rewards and give us a reason to use the small ships so that we don't really that we don't really use anymore? So I guess that means, say, you've got to go off and kill Dreadlord Pirates. And, you know, we could all go off and jump into our battle Condor or Corvette or whatever and kill him but if you went off and killed him in a sidewinder you're doing a lot more work for your thing and it's a lot more impressive but is there any way that you know that could maybe get an extra hey you did this in a cool way so we'll we'll give you a little bit of a, a bonus for it or something we don't have that in there at the moment and small getting players into smaller ships is something that i think well generally we'd like to do kind of promote people using a variety of ships rather than just doing everything in their large ships. The reason we kind of don't at the moment in the mission system is because I don't want to do a mission that says you have to be in a ship at the moment because it kind of takes away from that feeling of elite, I think. And people are attached to their ships and a lot of people have one ship and that's the ship that they play in and, and that ship is them. In regards to whether we could take what ship you're in into account, 
we don't do this during generation at the moment and we don't take your ship into account at all there are some issues with doing that it's not the easiest thing to do and it, it opens up some potential uh, problem grounds so for example someone's jumped into a sidewinder and spawned a load of missions that they then jump back into the anaconda and that sort of thing i take the idea on board that whether you know could we have branches or something like that that open up if you're in a certain ship that's an, an idea that I, I fully take on board as as feedback i think it's some merit thinking about that one way i've talked about with friends is basically you have like a data beacon you can only get at in a smaller ship so say you have an eagle or a sidewinder sized ship in and the data beacon is inside a cqc structure then that necessitates you taking a smaller ship or even a fighter in there just to kind of get at it we do have to be careful because that would go back because we would then have to tell the player when we create the mission that they're going to need that ship and i'd be a little concerned about frustration and that sort of thing but if we were to take that idea on board i think that sort of way of using the small ships is certainly the sort of thing that, that would be good to do but i can say we'll take on that feedback and obviously we'll, we'll look into it no um, ETA, no guarantees and stuff <laughs> Something like that, yeah. Okay, is there any chance of maybe we want you to go off and scan this? You'll need a sidewinder. Here it is. And obviously, this is way down the line. Yeah, there's a lot of challenges to do with that, basically. I, I don't think I can really say much more, but the first one that comes to mind, maybe not a sidewinder because it's maybe not the most coveted ship in the world, but as soon as you get started get, getting into a place where the ships are of a decent amount of value, you then have issues of how do we force you to give it back as just a kind of basic starting place and just there's a lot of challenges with that sort of thing um, I'm, I'm now loving the idea of you know you going off stealing stealing your imperial courier and suddenly having all the the police chasing after you no matter where you go it would be a cover to side one but if it was orange well of course but we wouldn't want to take away your your special color <laughs> And if I can chime in, just see me after the show for a good old flaying. <laughs> Excellent. Now, to be honest, I'm fully expecting Steve Kirby to be converting the orange sidewinder into a rusty old <laughs> SRV. No, I think I think we you just have to ignore everything that Ben says about that because he's got a, a an agenda. In, he's just being provocative. We'd like to apologise <laughs> in advance for anything that he said. Well, we do anyway, but yeah. <laughs> Don't you think it'd be awesome having a red SRV in orbit around Lave? That'd be no, great. We don't apologise. What are you on about, Colin? Uh, so I think we're on to Grant. Is it that one from Commander Mutznuts? <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think I gave it to you, mate? <laughs> who is, of course, if you're if you're wondering who where where you could find Mutznuts, you'll find Mutznuts. So what? Mobius. So his question is, why? don't credit scale according to your ship size or your rank so ship size i don't know if i covered that well enough before if you've got a kind of far question so we don't take ship size into account as, as i said before for, the, for those reasons rank um it's really interesting to me that that they think credits don't scale for rank because they do considerably well, yeah, um, i was just thinking because the missions you, you can't get the mission unless you're that rank and that mission's worth more. Yeah, it's, it's, um, I think if somebody restarted the game and went and had a look at the mission board, I think they'd definitely find that their their harmless rank is showing them much smaller rewards. That's it's something. something we absolutely do take into account. 
it's one of the driving factors in how we scale the missions, in fact. I, I just uh, You gave me the stupid question, Ben. Sorry, Mutt's nuts. So the next question from the Mobius is an awful lot of questions from the Mobius group. But this one comes from a Chris Goodman. Again, it seems to be based on scale. Will we see scaling for commander rank and missions increase in the future? So I think what the issue here is, if you are an elite pilot and you take on a mission that would qualify for, say, a harmless pilot, you don't get a boost in that particular pair, that's something I can understand in this. It doesn't. Do well, I can kind of understand that actually, because if you're an elite commander taking a novice job, you're only going to get pocket change. Yeah, but that's the point, is it not? That's why you don't take them. Sorry, we're, we're arguing amongst ourselves here, right? So the question this is: like <laughs> Will we see scaling for commander ranking missions increase in the future? Uh, uh, for example, if the novice mission pays 10k, which is about rebuy on a starter ship, will elite rank missions pay the rebuy of the biggest ships? Um. It's not something I'm planning to change our, kind of our scale at the moment. I am constantly looking at, at balance uh, and stuff, but um, touching the rank at the moment, I think, would be quite a dangerous, dangerous move. It's literally a curve, so changing that w would affect everything. And yeah, they do take into account, and it is a considerable difference between, between harmless and elite. And we're trying to, with things like wing missions and that, open up ways of players working together to get decent rewards and, and kind of higher challenges. So perhaps the challenge element we can at least kind of combat in that way. On a positive note, sorry about the wing missions, props to assassination wing missions, because if you try them solo with the engineered ships you're facing, they're actually quite a nice challenge and they're a really nice way of countering the shield meta and players with engineered ships. So I really like the way they're balanced. Yeah, thanks. Uh, that was a colleague of mine, Justin, who did a lot of work on those. And, you know, he did he did spend a, a big chunk of time working with QA because it's the sort of thing that one person can't really test completely by themselves. Obviously, he can test what you were talking about, the solo element, but he needs to test it with two players, three players, four players. He did a really good job there of adding some challenge. And I think before we gave the wing missions out, I said to people that that early assassination wing mission was a bit of a template for what we kind of wanted to do. And we want to add in that kind of level of challenge for players who have reached their elite rank uh, or their elite combat rank, at least. So we can give them something that it will be more challenging than we, than we presented before. Maybe not more challenging than certain flower-shaped ships, but, you know, still gives a, a good, decent challenge. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons, plus me daughters, at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> In-system travel? Sometimes it takes so long. I have chills for all kinds of circumstances on my ship. But the one thing I don't have a tool for is uneven tan lines. I just want to look like a million credits. 
what when you're living for days on a ship with processed and filtered air, it really dries out your skin. I use BetterHope Golden Ink Tan Cream. It just boosts your confidence. I don't believe that beauty is only skin deep, but now I really do look like a million credits. Even my friends mistook me for a genuine gold skin. Jameson and Jameson. Upgrades and services for your body. Will, while we're waiting on Adam to sort his technical issues out, why don't you tell us a wee bit more about your, your day-to-day things? Shall I, shall I tell you what I've been up to today? Why not? like to hear this? Yes. So, today, I, I thought this was impressive. I've been working on all three of the games today. We had some things to communicate about uh, a little, little trade issue bug. If you haven't heard about this, this is new news. <laughs> It's worth saying for those listening, if you're accruing trade data, you may see that it's not appearing in-game and it says no market available. It's a visual bug, but it's also a disconnect between... I don't have all the technical mumbo-jumbo to hand, but anyway, you can still accrue trade data. You still get all of that. It just doesn't show up in the game. We're uh, bringing the fix uh, to PC tomorrow at 10.30 a.m., and then consoles early next week. So it's, it's a server-side side fix rather than client-side fix? It will it will require bringing the Galaxy servers down, so it's client-side. So will um, that be 3.05, or will that, that be 3.04? Will, that will be 3.05, but it's the only mm. fix that we will be dishing out. I like it when you guys give us nice these nice quick fixes. It's you know, I remember was it one day that we got two, two fixes in one day. That was awesome. Well, two no, fixes in uh, one day. I think it was. I'm sure we got a fix. We got a patch in the morning, and then there was a few bugs in it. And then by that evening, the fixes had been rolled out and were just pushed out to us. Yeah, so, I mean, I ideally we'd uh, we'd like to make sure there aren't any, but you you can never know. Despite all yeah, the Colin, testing. Colin and I are developers too, so you know we all know about bugs. Yes, and to finish off my little tangent, we also released the Planet Coaster Studios pack yep. today. You said all three, so I'm guessing you did something in Jurassic World. Yes. Um, I'm not sure I'm allowed to announce it with, with big bells, but the forums the forums have gone live. Uh, Yay! For Jurassic World Evolution. So if you're interested in dinosaurs as well as spaceships, go there. I want, to go, post, I want to go and post first now. Or dinosaurs on spaceships. Or dinosaurs on spaceships. So I'm, waiting for a gulpy, I'm waiting for a gulpy bobblehead, I have to admit. Do you think a gulpy bobblehead would be awesome? Personally, yes, but we are we're trying not to mix uh, the games. Again, we're back to crossing the streams. Ha- hang on, hang on. You're trying not to mix the games, and yet we have... Lost Winds. Yes, Lost Winds. If we don't have plastic dinosaurs for our dashboards to be swept away... Um, oh, we, yeah, we, we totally need... <laughs> yes. I'll feed that. your feedback to the team for sure. Even, especially if we can get sweet, sweet maybe a couple of plastic off. palm trees as well to go with them. That would be grand. <laughs> <laughs> and I will call it my land. <laughs> so, I mean, um, we we do have Adam back with us, do we? You should yeah. do. Yes, excellent. So, um, you want me to ask him this poison chalice question, and you're going to get me killed? Yes. I like the way you volunteer the younger guys in Lave Radio. 
Uh, uh, yes, I think that was Ben who did that. So yeah, well, you are just a meat shield. So off you go. <laughs> now it comes out. Now it comes out. We're having words later, Colin. <laughs> so Adam, are there? Uh, this is another question from Chris Goodman from Mobius. Is are there any details you can share on possible mission balance changes that might be coming in the future? Mission balancing is something I, I look at fairly regularly. So obviously we've had changes and fixes recently. So other than to say it's an ongoing task, you know, I do uh, I do grab the data. So we, we have access to all the, all the data. So I have an interesting stat here, for example. The weekend just passed. There were a total of 1,673,246 missions completed. Wow. So I think that gives you kind of a, a, an idea of the scope of the kind of, kind of task I'm working with. Um, th- those numbers surprise me often. So I don't know about you guys. That's just blown my mind. Do you actually use tooling like you would for a website then where you can see like how many of your missions are actually picked up and abandoned versus picked up and completed by players? Yeah, we have stats on which of those missions were completed, which template types those were, and uh, when they failed, and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Because there's a question about that a little bit later on, so I'll sort of jump in and ask it now because it neatly segues in. So you talked about the, the metrics and stuff. So is that how you pick up on the gold rushes, and do you look at them in a proactive manner? Think, oh crumbs, people are earning many billions of credits here we need to focus in on this because something strange is going on. And then in your metrics, do you also look at the context that could reflect in those metrics? I mean, the, the example I use in other games is skill usage, where I know a developer, they'll say, if a skill is used in a game loads and loads and loads, it usually means it's overpowered because people are using it. But it also could mean it's the only viable skill for that particular profession which is why it's being used all the time. So I'm just sort of wondering in a bit more detail how those metrics fit together. Yeah, so I, I, I do firmly believe that data is, is very useful and has its own place. But, you know, I'm sure hopefully you've seen that I, I post in the forums and I do keep an eye on Reddit and the forums as well because really data can never give you experiential kind of information. It can tell you certain things that happen and certainly... Um, I would like to get better at picking up when when there's big spikes on things. They often tend to happen on weekends, which is obviously an issue for me because I'm not normally in the office. So that's something I'd like to improve on, on kind of catching those things through the data earlier. But at the end of the day, it's nearly always the forums and Reddit where those things pop up because they do go to the top of Reddit. They are normally very popular threads in the forums. And, you know, that's one of the great things about having a community like Elites, you know, I can call out to people and say, is this thing working how I think it should be working? You know, I'm looking on my machine and it's doing this, but is everyone actually seeing that? And obviously, a lot of the time they should correlate, but Elite is a procedural game and systems and everything vary so much that those edge cases exist. And it's not possible for me to test every different system for how a mission will appear there. It's, it's just, it's, it's nowhere near possible. Building on what Adam said there, um, he'll, he'll come down to us and he'll say, hey guys, I've, I've noticed there's a lot of talk around this particular mission type and in this particular system, and I feel that maybe it needs to be improved or balanced. And 
you know that's that's come from looking at looking at comments looking at forums it's not all about uh, data metrics quick off the cuff question while we're here i was talking to a friend of mine recently lord knight and one thing he noticed was when the gold rushes hit youtube that's when they go to die so do you guys like check the YouTubes and things like that as well, or is it just the forums and Reddit? Well, I am a YouTube user and I'm a YouTube user that looks at elite content. So, you know, YouTube's got its very expensive algorithm that decides to show me things that are popular to do with elite dangerous. So that can happen. It's, I wouldn't say it's the primary way and I'm, I'm searching YouTube all day looking for the next issue with the game. The good thing about YouTube is that it gives me all the information because people generally do a, a kind of solid playthrough and compared to screenshots, I, I can kind of investigate better. So for a lot of the time with the mission board. Actions and stuff. Yeah, not the so for example, sometimes people just put a screenshot of I've done this and it doesn't really tell me what part of the mission is, 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 is failing whether it's actually the numbers that I'm generating with or um, with Elite, a lot of the time you get these kind of gold rush exploits because something's got even, you know, not very much, but slightly faster to be done. And then it, it changes from something that's worthwhile into into too quick or, or something like that. For example, the Skimmer one recently was a fix that we put in to try and make that mission work better because people were having to log out and log back in or do other things to complete the mission, which isn't the ideal flow. And we tried to fix that there. And obviously we introduced a separate issue. I would also imagine that when you go off and you see it on YouTube, then it'll spiral the number of people who are actually doing it, which will raise other flags as well, which then goes off and just raises its general awareness for everybody. And then you can say, is this working as intended? Is it too easy? Is it too hard? This is exactly yeah, what yeah. Lord Knight was saying. Is as, as soon as it hits YouTube, it's like, well, now it's out there for everyone. Yeah, that definitely happens. Um, so I think it's less to do with whether we find it that way and more lots of people potentially find it that way. And then, you know, the more people who are aware of something, the more likely it is that we're going to hear about it. And also, if more people are doing it, the bigger the data spike and more likely we're going to pick up on that as well. Okay, Ben, you've got one from good old Commander... Mike Commander Snuswell. So, him, yeah. Him in charge of Alvin. How much has changed between then and now in implementing missions, and what are the best lessons you've learned in time? So, I guess, okay, so I guess it's what lessons have you learned when you started doing mission design to what, what would you do now, and how does it different? So, I've been with the mission system from inception, so for, it is a bespoke system, so I've seen it created all the way through. Uh, and the change is, is massive. You know, even just the changes that you guys don't see, the sort of thing that's on our end that just makes our day-to-day -day life uh, a little bit easier. And actually, the idea of w what's the best lesson I've learned, I'd say the cost of maintenance is probably up there with that. The sort of thing where if we want to change something in the mission system, for example, uh, reward choices that just went in, or if someone else changes something else in the game, so if there's a if there's a change to a core mechanic, just the amount of work it is to go through. We have a good chunk over 100 templates. I think it might be near 120 now. So for something like reward choices, where we implemented that 
pretty much across the board and it wasn't entirely across the board because if it was entirely across the board it would probably be a lot quicker because we could just apply it to everything but we're not actually using reward choices on every single template for example altruism missions which obviously work in a very different way to every other mission or donation missions i think you guys might know them as you know that requires a, a different way of working so just to put that into every single mission took a big chunk of time and to make sure they're all working as well that that cost of maintenance on a game that's been out for this long is this complicated and obviously is procedural it's it just takes a lot of time i'm sure there's loads of other lessons i with an answer like this is kind of a little bit like an interview question where my, my, my mind just goes blank. There, there will be dozens of lessons, but I've kind of just internalized all of them. So what would you say like. your greatest weakness is? <laughs> <laughs> With you see yourself in five years. <laughs> God, I hate those, I hate those questions. Oh. I've been working with this system for so long and it's kind of like watching a child grow up or that sort of thing. You kind of, you don't remember the different steps along the way. You just kind of, always weirdly see them are as they are now actually being a developer i kind of know what you mean when you've worked with a, a system for that long yeah i know exactly what you mean as well and it's a very uh, sad <laughs> actually to talk to that we, we've recently had someone start on the mission team luke who's just started working you know it's that kind of refreshing thing of of he's come online and he's requested some new features from the guys who, who work on, on the system that are stuff just for our side but have, have really helped we kind of neatening things up and that sort of thing so it's an ever-evolving process on our side as well as everything you see because there's there's obviously two sides to it because it is a completely bespoke system so you know we have to work to kind of make our end work as well as kind of your end shan do you want to take this this one from both howard train and uh was that noctilus both from Noctilus, i think it is i think we sort of covered a, a lot of this one but I, i'll ask it just in case there's a couple of bits that slip through the net they're asking about can it do anything other than besides delivery or kill missions and are there any plans to introduce more variety things like a defender capital ship or attack capital ship maybe patrol a series of waypoints yeah that, that basically sounds like every damn wind commander mission that ever was <laughs> I was thinking that, yeah, I, uh, I, I hated escort missions in Wing Commander because, you know, anyway. Yes. I could imagine patrolling missions would be quite boring unless you can guarantee that there's going to be some scrapping going on. So I would question whether we only have delivery or kill missions to start with. That's, you know, I, I, with planetary hacking missions, mining, piracy, you know, I don't think we do just do delivery and kill, but I kind of take the feedback on board as I think it was it was meant to be given in kind of the examples that you said that are oh, there are other things we can look to do obviously we've we've just come out of delivering 3.0 or 3.0.4 at this point so it's actually a really terrible time for that question because i can't really answer anything towards moving forward i don't think we're anywhere near announcing anything so I, i'm certainly not gonna, gonna do that at this point <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Commander Vagadagan, categorize the mission board into subgroups, question mark. <laughs> so I'm going to answer this one quite, quite simply. I, I don't have any plans to categorize it at the moment. Whether that changes in the future, obviously, it's, it's, nothing's ever off the table. And yeah. I have no, no massive hatred towards the idea or anything like that. It's just it's not something I think we're, we're looking to do at this time. 
I'll tell you okay. what would be an option along those lines is maybe a button that hides missions that we can't do because of incompatibilities, i.e. my Filters, like the commodity market. Storage, or I don't have permit to this system. They sort of are, though, aren't they? They're at the bottom of the screen where it says yeah. unavailable. And do you not remember... Somewhere down the line, Adam will probably tell us when they turned it on, but we didn't choose to have all these missions that you couldn't do. And then it was like, hey, I'm at this mission board, and why can't I do any missions? And it's because you're not qualified for it. Here's what you could have won. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it serves two purposes. Kind of, if you're not, if this place is generating missions, uh, which obviously they all should be doing, and you can't get them, we need to tell you why you can't get them, because it could be something really simple. And also, you know, if it is a case of you're a couple of missions off allied or if you did something very quick, you could maybe go or you could change ship or you get get change your outfitting slightly or, or whatever. We want to show you that and let you know that there's something you, you can potentially do there. Did that make sense? No. Well, that, that's I, I, think it, I think it made sense. Ben, do you want to take the, the uh, next? Sure. Yeah. All right. Got a bit of a doozer. So when are we going to see more impactful or story-based mission options? Uh, so as an example for that, they're asking, what about having some crazy tourists asking for a tour of Thargoid sites? I feel like we, we have, we've entered into this kind of realm with the kind of the Ramtar and the Palin missions, I feel. Obviously, the, the mission for the, in its broader context is a procedural mission system. As I said earlier, you know, it's, it served 1.6 million missions last weekend so it's not going to be able to serve the majority of those with with that kind of story narrative um and i think what what we've done with the ramtar missions and palin is is look at how we can use the same sort of structure to start looking at that sort of thing there's nothing to announce at the moment i think we are constantly looking at that area of the game and where where we can get more story into it yeah, I mean, I know, you know, as Colin mentioned earlier, that I recently went off and started out my commander, and our those first few missions that we get and in the training levels are so beautiful compared to what we what we had in even in when Gamma was announced. I've also like, recently played through all the Ramtar stuff, and I I really enjoyed that. Not only was it fun yeah. horsing around with mates in SRVs, but just really good to do something different from the norm. There's two ways of approaching it, and you know I'm not sure if we're able to do either, just based on scheduling and that sort of thing. But um, it's whether we can try and get those individual missions, the ones that you see lots of, the deliveries, the couriers, and all that sort of thing and whether there's anything we can inject into that a little bit more, um, as well as doing these more bespoke missions that are that, that feel more like an event. Mm. But it's certainly something we, we, we're trying to do, um, you know, and we've tried to do with Palin missions, Ramtar missions, and hopefully um, things like the, the VO in, in the Ramtar missions show that that's all. You actually, you actually just answered a, a, a sneaky follow-up I was going to ask about some voiceover stuff for missions because that's something I love when you, you know when you're doing your tutorial missions and uh, she's going off and talking to you. I think that's the level of immersion that adds is so awesome. It's great. I love it. Uh, well, Commander, a runner, has asked a question about what he considers real search and rescue missions. Effectively, would there be an instance where you're able to pick up distress calls and and 
escort these is back to, it's effectively another escort mission though and i think we've covered that yeah I'm, I'm picking up a thread for a lot of these requests and that seems to be persistence well yeah but it's it's important that to say that i've noticed that as before tonight i've i've you know i am aware of the kind of things that occur on the forums that are repeated requests things like some certain wing missions i think i've heard people asking for mining missions and planetary kind of assault ones as well as people often the first example they come to when they say how could we make missions better is well you could do an escort mission you know that that's all taken on board obviously it all has to be taken into account with what we're actually working on and what we're capable of doing and all that sort of thing escort missions are the most bloody annoying missions you can ever do they don't have to be escort missions do they you could do a rescue mission that is I, as a commander, run out of fuel, and I know the fuel routes run a fantastic service that you can use, but it'd be great if I could press a button in my cockpit and the nearest three systems, a mission would appear saying, you know, take fuel limpets to this location and rescue this commander. Oh, no, if they're going to do it for fuel, you'd do it to the three nearest rats, surely. <laughs> the other thing is, of course, with that, with the escort missions, is you could have uh, working, uh, maybe even if you are uh, a particular criminal, to work to, to raise your reputation, having to work the DAF beacons and uh, scan for criminal ships. <laughs> that, that could be... That's kind of like the fishing of the Elite Dangerous World, where you just sit there, <laughs> scan each new ship as it comes in. You've got to scan 100 ships before you're allowed to get back on with the rest of your existence. That'd be a nice penance. <laughs> well, scanning for data mind exceptions is all like fishing, isn't it? Because you sit there at the, uh, the, the nav beacon scanning. So that's a bit like fishing. You're teaching them space skills, basically. Uh, Grant, do you want to take the exploit-related question? Ooh, yeah. A while ago, the massive commissions that can appear during a war, civil war, were stopped from affecting minor faction influence. What was the thinking behind that? And is that going to change? And that was from Commander Texas Pete. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure on this one. So uh, I'm going to say that up front. Honestly, it's something that perhaps me needs looking into. So during a war... Combat actions should be the main way of impacting influence and therefore winning the war. Master commissions should obviously drive that activity. So if we're hearing that that isn't the case, then then that's something that perhaps needs looking into. Right. Okay. Here's a big one. Toxic. <laughs> Again. <laughs> I'm not going to get in more trouble, am I? Oh, yes. <laughs> Will we get wing SRV missions? What, wings of SRVs? Another thing that would be nice as well is a crew for SRVs. So, as I said before, I've kind of I've heard the calls for um, certain planetary wing missions. As I said, we've just come out of 3.0 that there isn't really anything to announce right now, but the feedback has been taken on board that people would like to do some wing-based stuff that involves uh, an SRV, and a ship, or just SRVs, or, or whatever, whatever combination. But, you know, the feedback that you guys are presenting by asking that question is, is taken on board. These are not mission-related. So, for, and they're both from Commander X, Copper Crow X, and Mobius. So, Kurgle? Commander Copper Crow wants to know, what is your favourite dinosaur? It's very influenced by my wife, who is who is a big fan of dinosaurs. Um, and her favourite one is the Albertosaurus. 
Um, so I think I'd, I'd, I'd be in for trouble if I if I didn't say that one. It's kind of like a smaller T-Rex, very similar to a T-Rex, but it's got a great name that I think she finds amusing. And so do I. And what about Will? What's Will's favourite dinosaur? Para, I, para, I can't even say it. It's a Parasophilosaurus, <laughs> I think. It's 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 the one with a sort of crown, a crowned like, not not a horn. It's not a horn, but it goes backwards. Oh, I think it, it and it runs on two feet. Yes, yes, I, love that I, know, one. I know the kind. I know exactly the one. I can picture it in my mind. It's just yeah. I can't pronounce it either. Yeah. <laughs> And we know that's a legitimate answer because he chose something he couldn't pronounce. If he's making it up, it would be T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I chose one that was easy to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> Tosic, do you want to take the next one? If you guys were pirates, would you guys prefer a hook for a hand or a peg leg or both? I think if it was me, everyday life... I'd probably go for a peg leg because hands are really important, especially like in my job. But if I was a pirate, I think that changes everything because a peg leg on like a slippery boat on a ship, it sounds like a disaster. Like surely they had people falling over all the time with those. And well, I don't know if you coat the end of it in rubber or something. But they didn't have rubber, did they, in the 15th, 16th century? A hook oh, God, comes with like intimidation factor. You can probably still like steer the ship. You can probably still do all the jobs you really want to do with a hook back then. So I'm going to go with a hook. Yeah, uh, Will. <laughs> so I, I I like I like Adam's in depth sort of thought behind this. Mine is much more simpler. I think I'd I'd go for a hook as well because I would like to switch it out. I feel like it could. I could have different accessories for the hook. So, like a feather duster, if I wanted to dust and couldn't reach with my hand. You could I know swap that out a peg leg as I well. Could just though. grab it. It's true with some wheels. <laughs> <laughs> sort of more a wheel. You could push oh, yourself like on a skateboard. Like it's a weird. Or well, like a spin if you fall in. Well, pers- personally, I I would always go with the peg leg because there's less chance of you losing an Have eye by scratching with the wrong hand. Yeah, I, I would also go for the peg leg because I can still type with a peg leg. <laughs> <laughs> Pirates sorry, don't type. We're all elite dangerous players. There is none of us are going to be able to sit here and play elite with a hook for a hand. I think I could probably control my joystick with my, with a hook. I wouldn't be able to yeah, use the throttle on the throttle and things, but... <laughs> I have to say, Pirate, I have a real thing against ninjas. I don't know what it is, but there's something about ninjas that I'm just not into at the moment. I've been watching much like Daredevil and Defenders and that, and ninjas just wind me up for some really strange reason. Is it like the black pyjamas they wear? Mm-hmm. <laughs> ninjas wear what it is like when they come on screen. I'm not happy. And it's got nothing to do with this new pirate game that's just appeared out of <laughs> nowhere then. <laughs> mm, no comment. <laughs> Win Jim Pom in the chat. Adam, which is your favourite pub in Cambridge? <laughs> I, uh, I actually live outside of Cambridge, so I don't go into Cambridge too often. So that's my answer. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> 
So um, we have come to the end of our questions for Adam. So if you two feel that you need to disappear, or if you want to stick around for the last 20 minutes of the show, then you're obviously quite welcome to, but uh, feel free. <laughs> Sounds very ominous. No, 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 no. Oh, we'll still be listening. Um, I think for me, I still have yet to eat, uh, so I should do that uh, as soon as possible. Okay. Well, (laughs) in that case, we will say thank you to both Adam and Will for joining us tonight. And uh, I I really appreciate you taking the time out of an evening this late to to join us. Thanks Uh, for having me. I answered some of the questions, so. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Yeah, hopefully it wasn't too painful. No. Yeah, I'd like to say thank you very much for your diligence with with sort of looking over those questions. And I, I, I hope it's been helpful for yourselves and the folks listening in to kind of just understand a bit of what goes on behind the scenes when we construct missions and sort of look over missions. And it's an ongoing process. And as Adam said earlier tonight, that it's something we're continuing to do. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. And you guys are coming to Elite Community Meet, I believe, which is in... It's only a couple of weeks away now, isn't it, Grant? Yes. Yeah, it's uh, two weeks, 14th of April. Yes, I, um, Ed, and Paige will be attending, so hope to see you all there. Yay! That would be fun. Looking forward to it a lot. Oh, it'll be great fun, yeah. Hey, buddy, why the long face? Exploring is boring! What? What makes you say so? Because I have to scoop for fuel at every single store! And then the voices I hear in the store tell me to... Whoa! Sounds like you've got a case of space madness! What you really need is... Really big gas tank! What? With really big gas tank, you'll be sailing the Milky Way in style and comfort! No more hanging out at every stupid store just to refuel! It's as easy as honk and go! Gotta get to Beagle Point for a romantic interlude? Just honk and go! Wanna be the buckiest ball in the galaxy? Just honk and go! And if you fill your really big gas tank with patented Jumbonium 5000, you can honk and go, go, go! Gee, thanks, mister! No, thank you. Really big gas tank. Because why wait when you can honk and go? Jumbonium 5000 has been known to cause extra arm growth, outdoor mayonnaise, typism, and spontaneous targo face. Use only as drug. life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a f***ing big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, low cholesterol and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of f***ing colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the f*** you are on a Sunday morning. 
you sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing f***ing junk food in your mouth? And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some f***er comes along to steal your ship, your cargo and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion head? And welcome back. We have had quite a few things happen in the community uh, over the last couple of, uh, over the last week or so. Uh, first thing we're going to touch on um, is the Guardian History Infographic. Now, I do believe uh, Commander Kurgle has been looking at this. Yeah, it's just a really great, ginormous infographic that leads you on a timeline from the beginning of the ancient history of the Guardians all the way up to present day. It's great. Go have a look. Links in the show notes. Yeah, I read it as well, actually. And I, it was a really useful guide for pretty much the contents of the Ramtar text in summary form. And it was good to have it in a timeline because you kind of get a picture of not only how old the Guardians were, but also how old the civilization, the Thargoids, are as well. Yeah, it definitely gives you a better sense of when the things that you get from the data scans in the Ramtar mission took place. You get them in a jumbled order and they don't really tie together, although they're really interesting. Uh, as you say, it was a really good way of seeing it in presented in, in an order that was useful. So the Operation IDA has been progressing down here in the Pleiades and I've got to give a shout out to these guys because they've almost got another, they hopefully will have another station fixed by the Thursday tick, if you see what I mean. Uh, Hudson Orbital only needs a, a couple of thousand more tons of uh, beryllium, I think it is, and it will be back online. So congratulations to the guys at the IDA who are, are basically rivaling the truckers, I think, at the amount of stuff they're shipping at the moment. <laughs> Will has just messenger, messaged us to say that he can, he's, he'd like everybody to know he has safely escaped from our brig. Yep. He's he Did you leave the door open again? Say, of course, our only escape pod. He got out. Oh. Scoop him up and, and give him to a thyroid. <laughs> Shan. Now, the. We still, we still need Will for LaveCon, so we can't give him to a thyroid yet. Well, we could ask for him back. Yeah, but you wouldn't get him. Oh, you get bits of him. Hopefully. So I've, been, I've been watching slash reading The Expanse, and I'm just now picturing Will returns to us as a protomolecule human. Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. No, no, you don't. 
Uh, on the subject of, of uh, big, scary aliens, thanks to Factobulus. Now, he has been collating data provided by commanders using the Eagle Eye Network and is producing a list of possible Thargoid targets. If you go into the Aliens subforum, you'll find his Thargoid attack status thread. And it explains how the Eagle Eye Network has been... Uh, highlighting systems which are, are possibly the target of Thargoids. That's really interesting because it appears that with enough support, it's possible to deter a Thargoid attack from a system. Because the, the pattern that's been seen so far is the uh, Eagle network picks up the potential next targets. Mm -hmm. And then... That syst those systems are then invaded by the scouts, you know, the little ones you can shoot with a normal ship. Yep. Uh, and it seems as though if enough commanders blow up enough scouts, um, the it will deter the Thargoids from attacking. So it, it appears as though we can actually have an influence on which systems Thargoids attack or otherwise. Yeah, and I mean, the question I got to ask in this one, is it a case of you're given two systems and you basically, we, we choose one to defend or can we actually defend both of them? I'm not sure because I'm not sure there's been enough people attacking the scouts to um, make, you know, to choose one or the other. But I would imagine in theory that if you were to kill enough scouts in both systems mm -hmm. and cover Thargoid Thursday, there wouldn't be any systems to attack. Uh, are these the same systems you start getting Thargoid Massacre missions in? I believe so. I haven't followed it through to that extent, but I, I believe that's the case, yes. Yeah, right. Oh, well, I, th I think, well, when I get back from, from the States, I think that will be my focus. Um, I mean, on the subject of <laughs> dealing with uh, Thargoids, the Anti-Xeno Initiative have done it again. Um, Commander Gluttony Fang, him of the Anti-Xeno Initiative, has managed to solo a Cyclops with just an Imperial Eagle. Um, <laughs> Amazing. It, it was armed with a Guardian Girls cannon. We're going to put a link in the show notes. And it, it, I must admit, it is fantastic to see. <laughs> it, gives, it gives us noobs a, a chance, a hope, that we might be able to replicate it. It was a pretty interesting tactic he, he did, really, because it, it involved with basically having a Spiegel. So it was a very, very fast Eagle that basically hit and fade. So he would come in and attack the Thargoid and then run up and then shoot off as quickly as possible and kind of peck it to death in the Eagle. So yeah, it's very impressive. Check it out. Mm. Yeah. Now, both you, Ben, and Dr. Toxic, you've been involved in this a little bit, haven't you? The brackets non-return of the code. <laughs> the code haven't gone anywhere. They've just been around, haven't they, all the time? They've been very quiet. They've maybe not been quite so infamous and things like that, but they've still been they've been they've been doing their own thing. But they're obviously the they're wanting they're now getting more involved with some of the BGS stuff because they want to get this, their own system back again. And yeah, understandable, really. I wonder if the research. I wonder. I wonder if the change in the Carlin punishment system uh, has encouraged them to come back to the surface, or something else has happened, i.e. they've lost the system or they find the background seem more interesting to do that. I don't know, because it's, it's you just say they went, they seem to go quiet for a long period of time, although they've all been playing. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I've kind of gotten the opinion that, you know, 
the guys who you know can be recognizable code you know they they've been basically going off pirating and stuff like that and you know they've been being nice pirates mm. saying well they're give us your money pirates, we'll... aren't they? yeah yeah and they do generally go off and say give us your money or we'll kill you and then if you run away then they'll kill you which is mm. fair enough yeah, and um, we'll, we'll just do this as a public service uh, announcement. So it's so a word of warning to all traders. Um, the code will normally give you three challenges, and then if you do not comply, then they will attack. If you don't get those three challenges and they just attack, then they're not the code and they're pretending. Um, normally, these are guys who are guys who roleplay, and we are of the opinion it's better to lose a little bit of cargo and have uh, a bit of roleplay experience than have the whole rebuy and cargo loss. So... If you think you can get away from them, try. But uh, <laughs> yes, I wouldn't recommend it. It's happened to me. I'm up for a bit of role play, but my argument is me and Ben have been working on their BGS, so leave me alone. That's why we've been given the secret handshake thing because we're we're doing stuff for them. We have a secret handshake. We have a secret handshake. Don't tell toxic. Why have I not been? Chan. <laughs> I guess, I guess you, you've not been reading about the secret handshake then. Even I knew about the secret Where? handshake. Yeah, we all know about the secret handshake, apart from Toxic. And now you're calling oh, you well. that on. There is one. I feel now bad you now. Know the that... whole world as well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad now that they don't know if they flash the headlights in the right pattern, they, go, you, they don't go off and interdict you. But you can't see headlights when you're at Super Cruise. <laughs> 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 so, have we got any final questions from the Twitch stream? Well, yes. you, we, we've not got any Jeff Goldblum-related questions, so that's good. Yeah, I, I was wondering how many Jeff Goldblums a Anna, whatever the hell, Sophorus would actually be worth. A what? Whatever <sighs> Adam's dinosaur was. Ooh. Well, I, I will say there has been quite a few requests in the chat room for me to start pronouncing dinosaur names, to which I say, <laughs> no. Oh, go on. If you do that, you'll all level you zero yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to do the, um, I think, the usual shout-outs then, if there's got any other questions. I think we're good. No. Okay. Oh, oh, one, um, one thing before before you before you do share, okay. I've not got anyone in the in the games that I'm running, but then I get too many fucking screens. Um, <laughs> I will be. Going, I'm going to ACM. I'm going to. AC, I'm going. I'm going to. Yay! ACM. Can we get Jeff Goldblum as a guest on Live Radio? Do you think we would be here doing this podcast if we had the ability to get Jeff Goldblum on? Hell yeah! <laughs> Should have asked Ed what we was saying. Yeah, see if we can get Ed to give you a signed photograph from <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Goldblum gave Laid Radio one Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we move on to shout outs? Please. I, I do Please. have one to a uh, friend of mine who's recently lost a year and a half of game time on Elite due to an account reset that wasn't even performed by him. Ooh, ouch. Um, I shan't read the response, but my condolences to him. <laughs> oh, dear. 
Um, we'll also actually pass on um, a message to Fozza, who's going through a bit of a grinder at the moment. So just to let you know, Fozza, we are thinking about you uh, and uh, hope that things smooth out eventually. Uh, also on LaveCon 2018, as usual, the day is still set to the 8th and 10th. We haven't heard anything back from Karen and, and Alan yet, so I'm afraid we still don't have any any uh, new news to pass on to you. We'll try and trace that up in the next week or so. Uh, of course, we there is the um, CQC Discord for the discerning commander who likes a bit of CQC action. That's uh, Discord me at Elite Dangerous CQC, and also there's the EDWTRB dot website, which allows you to uh, wing up. Look for role play groups, trade rare items, and set bounties and other commanders. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes. And there's even a new release today. So we'd like to thank our in-game commanders. Who have we got out there on your multiple screens? Commander Ventura. Uh, Doctor Commander Sinister, Mr. Commander McGee, Napelius, uh, Paul, Paul Archer, Archer. Miggles, um, Commander Big Lebowski. Commander, Commander Palm. Bad Bajan, Commander Pom. Hi, Pom. Commander Ventura. Is the ace. And I can't actually remember if I shouted his name out, but Commander Eldrad Alton. All those commanders, I was expecting them to be a Commander Cuddly Toy. <laughs> no, Commander well, Goldman, You're all the way out there and you wouldn't see. come back to leave for the show, so. Oh, no. The, new, the, the text chat is now wanting Jeff Goldblumer's Corvus. No. Just no. <laughs> ben, save us. Right, I'll, I want to give a massive congratulations to Commander Snuffler, although it's actually Commander Snuffler's missus, for the birth of their brand new commander. Now, I want to give a shout out to Mobius for giving us a whole bunch of questions. I also really have to thank, um, I don't know your, your commander name, sorry, but uh, Jude Walker from EDC who went off and gave us a whole load of stamps and stuff like that for us to give out to people at ECM slash LaveCon. And finally, I also have to give a shout out to the Nerdstop podcast, because basically they they think we're awesome, apparently. God knows why. <laughs> so thank you, guys. So this is pretty cool. Everybody who's actually in Lave system near Lave station is having the chance to say their hi to the stream through the in-game text chat. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but Grant, have you managed to recover yet? Yeah, yeah. So I just I just I love that uh, the diminishing diminishing show to for Snuffler. Commander <laughs> <laughs> Wallerstoon has warned you lot if anyone giggles at my name like last week, he should be very cross. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it was Katie who did all the work. Snuffler just, you know, he, he's now got the Sleepers Nights. Look, he had a little input, right? <laughs> That's what I heard too. <laughs> sorry, sorry. And there goes Ben. Oh, congratulations! No, it's amazing, and, and and to be honest, it's 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 not going to be long before he's got a holding a shotgun, but. Congratulations to you both, and yeah, we can't wait to, to meet the little one um, when we next get the opportunity. That's going to be awesome. So yeah, on the on the subject of Commander, he, we have his fantastic um, Galnet news coming up next. Uh, 
And uh, we, I promise that we will make sure that no one giggles. Ben, Grant. Why would I be giggling at Wotherspoon? Colin. <laughs> so. It was the last week you said he was level one. I said that he was level three, but never mind. <laughs> He's been upgraded. <laughs> Downgraded, I thought. Oh, no. No, it'll be upgraded, wouldn't it? <laughs> Moving on. Anyway, that's it for another episode of Labour Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook slash laveradio, and at laveradio on Twitter. You can join the Discord chat channel by going to https slash discord.io slash laveradio, or you can join our TeamSpeak server at teamspeak.laveradio.com. Lave Radio is recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half past eight and streamed out on laveradio.com slash live. So, we'll thanks both Adam and Will for joining us on tonight's show. This is getting very difficult, you <laughs> lot. <laughs> so, I will also thank Grant. I will also thank Commander Kurgle. I will also thank Commander Shan, Commander Ben, Adley Vice, and Dr. Toxic. <sighs> and to all those commanders that have joined us outside Leave Station. So, until... Next time, fly safe. And if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Is your life like this? It's like someone having an orange insert. I'm gonna see the galaxy. Digest 27th of March 3304. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Thargoids plan near-Earth attack. The Prime Minister that didn't bark. Home in time for tea and medals. Plenty of red herrings for Buckyball April Fools. Thargoids plan near-Earth attack.
Canon Interstellar has released details of forthcoming Thargoid attacks, based on Aegis's Eagle Eye network. They include Lasvich Terminal in the Mentor system and Doyle Landing in Lunguni, as well as a number of subsidiary sites, including Barnacle Forests, INRA bases, and Commander Jameson's crashed Cobra. If true, these predictions mean that the Thargoids could be striking at a base less than 90 light-years from Sol. Both of the targeted systems have an ammonia world. This seems to be a requirement for the Thargoids, so Sol itself may be safe for now. The Prime Minister that didn't bark. Galactic leaders have responded robustly to the Aegis summary of Ramtar's research, with President Hudson proclaiming that, as they cannot be reasoned with, the Thargoid menace must be wiped out completely, and Admiral Petraeus echoing the sentiment, saying that we must redouble our defences against the antagonistic space insects. Engineer and Professor Ishmael Palin made encouraging noises about new weaponry based on Guardian technology coming from Ramtar. And from Prime Minister Mahan, there was nothing. Not a peep. Has the Thargoid-loving alliance gone soft? Are they no longer willing to nail their colours to the mast? After the recent release of anti-Thargoid ships under Alliance sponsorship, it would be a terrible shame if the independent systems have got cold feet just as the battle is warming up. Home in time for tea and medals. There are rumours this week that both sides in an inter squabble for control of a system are planning to confirm medals on commanders who help them win the war. The medals will be in four categories. The most valiant combatiers will be awarded a gold medal. Not quite so good fighters will be awarded silver and bronze. There will also be a thank you for taking part medal for those whose contribution is so-so. And for commanders who really don't try very hard, there will be no medal at all. But even for the most bloodthirsty of combat pilots, there's a catch. Actually, there are two catches. The first is that the medals will only be awarded to the winning side. So no matter how well you perform individually, if your side loses the battle, you go home with nothing. The second catch is that the medals are absolutely huge, so they cannot be worn around the neck. They must instead be attached to the outside of one spacecraft in a manner very similar to a decal. We don't want anyone breaking their neck. Plenty of red herrings for Buckyball April Fools. Buckyballer's latest race commemorates the Poisson d'Avril celebrations of ancient Earth. The course is from Poisson Orbital in Kappa to Poisson Enterprise in Trevcat. And along the way, contestants must visit a selection of stations named after fish. Bass, Pike, Ray and Sturgeon. Those entering the race are encouraged to fly a dolphin, orca or beluga to fill up their cargo hold with fish, 
and to visit the rod and pole systems for a bonus. There's also a highly irresponsible challenge to bounce a canister of fish off another ship. All responsible commanders are urged to boycott the race. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Whoosh, bish, whoosh, bish. I forgot to queue up the intro. Um, whoosh, bish. This will sound awesome in the... In the in whoosh, 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 bish, whoosh, whoosh. Where the hell is it? Oh, man. See, <coughs> uh, uh, if you can't fly safe, fly. Dangerous. Oh, balls. Screw that <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>